Clustered conversations. Clustered conversations. By Weka. Hey there, and welcome back to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And this week we're going to be uh, joined by Dave Galinsky, who's within our customer success team. I mean, Josh, you know, we, you and I think we can make customer successful as best as we can, but uh, there's stuff that we don't do and I can't do. This is true. This is true. I do enjoy making customers successful and, and kind of setting them up for success and then allowing the customer success org to actually make them successful, which makes me look good, which, which I'm happy with. So basically, Josh and I make a lot of promises and we ask Dave to deliver those promises for us. True facts. <laughs> there we go. So, hey, Dave, how's it going? Hey, guys. Nice so, to see you. So Dave, Dave or David, which do you prefer? You know, either way is fine. Usually people uh, call me David when they're angry. <laughs> All right, Mr. Glitz, David, it welcome. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. like some of, some of the other folks on here, David and I have a weird past. We've kind of worked together a long, long, long time ago. Um, you know, for a short period of time. At um, I had hair back then. Yes, and I yeah. had less hair back then, actually. Maybe I, I, my hair went to you. Maybe I get the beard going right now. But uh, yeah, we um, uh, we worked together at Veritas way back in the day mm-hmm. on a very weird team called the RTAMs, the Regional Technical Account Managers, and. Uh, we now have one of our old cohorts here now. We brought we one. We sure do. Yeah. yeah. For Lackey is a new employee. But uh, we, we used to do <laughs> troubleshooting back then for customers uh, on the hard days at, at Veritas. So. Yeah. Yes, we did. And as a matter of fact, um, that is where I really got my, my start in what is now called cu- uh, customer success. Um, back then, I thought that my little stint in customer support at Veritas was going to be a temporary thing. I was going to, you know, get away from being a storage admin, network admin, sys admin for a little bit and, you know, do this thing, make a lot of money and then jump right back out. <laughs> that turned out <laughs> that was that was 25 years ago. Um and I'm and I'm still doing this, which must mean that I love it. And and what happened was I got the bug. I started watching customers do what they need to do to you know, solve their business problems, to run complex networks, to run the most complicated, back then, storage database environments in the world. And it was exciting. It was fabulous. And every day I got to see a new, a new problem, solve the problem, move on, make customers happy, and, and hear the joy. Uh, and that's, uh, that's what I've been doing ever, ever since. Yeah, well, that sounds like fun. I mean, I, I, I love being on that team. That one was a very stressful time, though, back then, the late 90s. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I moved over to uh, being a systems engineer, more of an architect than doing support. But I do still love rolling up my sleeves, jumping in and, and solving problems with your team. So it's been uh, it's been fun working with you again. Yeah, yeah, I do kind of miss the days of just swapping out hard drives. Oh, man. Simpler times. <laughs> yeah. Simpler yeah. times. Yeah, I still yeah. remember one of my first jobs was upgrading a customer from one terabyte, oh, sorry, one gigabyte drives to two gigabyte drives in their entire array. So mm-hmm. that was, a, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how yeah. old I is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're among friends, Bob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, go ahead, Josh. No, no, I was just, um, I was just thinking back to my time in sort of customer success, I guess you would call it, back when I was a field engineer at uh, at EMC doing installs and deinstalls and upgrades and trying not to pull out the drive that didn't have the red yep, LED whoops. next to it, <laughs> despite the 17-page procedure that we had that we had to you know, print out and read through and validate and swear that we read before we actually went through and swapped out that single hard drive that was actually in the system. Um, 
And of course, we we never never skip that step. No, 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 no. Always, mm-hmm. always a new procedure every time. That's definitely not a waste of anyone's time. It's always fun so, when someone pulls out the wrong drive. That, that always makes for a very interesting afternoon. You know, as long as you put it right back, you can do that exactly once <laughs> on, on the old systems. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. All right. Yeah. So, any any cool stories, David? Anything uh, you know that that pops to mind that's uh, interesting that we've done here at WAC? I mean, we you've been here in almost a year now. Mm-hmm. So it's you've uh, you you've yeah, been indoctrinated. So, so actually, some some very interesting stuff, um, and it was surprisingly interesting to me. I I wasn't looking for Weka when I when I joined. I, I've been here for a year and a half. I came from pure a pure storage where I I ran support for for the Americas. Um, I was looking for the next interesting storage company, you know, to like something that I could, that I could get excited about something that was, that was not so far removed from what the customers are doing every day, what the, what the engineers are doing every day. When I was at, you know, pure, pure is pretty big place. I, I was, you know, three levels or four levels distant from actual technical problems. I wanted to get back into, you know, more of a, of a, of a hands-on role development, developing processes and putting together teams and stuff like that. And, and WACA seemed to be an interesting place. I had no idea. Like I had no idea how revolutionary WECA was until I, you know, like a couple of months after I got here and I really got to evaluate the product. I got my hands on it. And then I saw what customers are, are doing with this thing, right? Like we essentially WECA is, is the underlying storage platform, which is the underlying like data platform, the data mover for some of the largest super uh, supercomputers in the world, just you know based on raw number of of uh, cores. Yep. It's it is remarkable. Um, and so you know one of the first things that I that I got exposed to was what I believe is the number five largest installation like that in in the world. Um, and we can't talk about the name, but it's it's a company that that everybody would recognize as groundbreaking technologically, game changing industry wide, paradigm shifting, um, and their competitive advantage is that they can process data faster with Weka than with anything else, faster than all of their competitors who are trying to do the same thing and release products to market faster. They 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 can't beat it, which makes Weka like. It's a it's a secret weapon, you know. So in addition to to doing this crazy thing that everybody who has been doing storage for as long as we have thought that somebody eventually ought to do, but no one had the guts, right? Like Weka did it. Oh yeah, let's make a a new POSIX file system, right? And it's going to be really great. It's going to be faster than than everybody else, and everybody's going to adopt it, right? Like we all knew that this had to happen because we've all been solving the same stupid SCSI error problems for thirty five <laughs> years, right? Yep. Like it, that exactly. had to end. So. Weka actually did it. So, in addition to the to that coolness, um, we now have like the these implementations where where customers that are doing real leading edge stuff that no one's ever done before recognize Weka as the way to to accomplish goals. That's that's super exciting. So, yes. Yeah, and you know our customers, I think all have this love hate relationship with us. They love what they do with us, and their hate mm-hmm. is the right kind of hate, which is they want to replace us only in that that they want to find something better. And makes us compete consistent constantly at the, those customers and become better. 
And so it's been fun to watch. You know, we constantly have to compete with ourselves, become better, because otherwise somebody else is going to come along and do it. And it's been fun to watch us do. Oh, my gosh. You know, I uh, so just this morning, I was in a, a conversation with our R&D department, and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about, like, the number of code changes and the number of product Im- improvements that happened during a three-month period of time because our customers challenge us challenge us to like go faster, be more resilient, be more parallel, all of these sort of things, avoiding, you know, a a contention on super complicated networks. That, that number of product changes was, was greater than I have ever seen anywhere else. I mean, like even in, in a major release, right? Like in a major release, you got a bunch of core features. Those core features have sub features and you got to put together all this stuff, right? And it, it, it's a huge it's a huge undertaking that involves, you know, numerous check-ins. We do mm-hmm. this, we do this so fast and and in such a reactive way, right? Like in in direct conversation with our customers about satisfying their needs and meeting their their business goals, we're developing the product and making it better every, every day. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to watch this product that's so it seems to be so complex, right? It has so many facets to it and has to take all these parts and these drives and these networks and, mm-hmm. and CPUs and everything else in in in, in, uh, in Toto and present it out as a single file system and be able to service data in order that, that gets it. But to manage it, it's so simple, right? That's the part that yeah. blows me away, how easy it is to manage our software. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Josh, you know, you built that 500 node cluster and like what? Well, 373. I, sorry, technically, sorry. I had... I had ten others that I, I didn't use. So so if you theoretically were the environment of five hundred and rounding up, you'd yeah, be at five hundred. It's great. Well, there we go. Oh, yeah, no, had it <laughs> so, been five hundred, that would have been even, it should, even well, better. Yeah. To get to two terabytes a second, five hundred sounds a little easier to get to than with three hundred seventy. So <laughs> didn't even need five hundred. I know. Yeah. There we go. But yeah. it, it, you you built that you know with uh, mm-hmm. with a pretty simply, and you, in fact, I watched you and I both tore it down and rebuilt it like five times in an hour to get. Oh yeah, no test. Yeah, as soon as I got that, uh, the the script that I used to actually deploy it, which the, the script is effectively just a set of commands. So you could just run these commands by hand and it's it's you know really not not terribly challenging and difficult, but you know, you put a little bit of you know, forethought into how exactly you're gonna architect the system and how many cores you're gonna use, which NIC you're going to be using, which is effectively just finding the name of the NIC on the system. <laughs> and you you feed all of that into a series of commands in a bash script and hit go. Yep. Yep. And then the, yep. the challenge is, oh, gosh, I really want to rebuild this thing. And that's just two or three more commands to destroy the cluster first and then let it rebuild itself. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's you know, within minutes, you're going from uh, you know, iteration to iteration on, on cluster to cluster if you, if you really want to. And, and the destruction portion of it is almost as simple. Actually, it's, you, could, you could run it as a single one-liner. And, and Josh and I kind of like you know we 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 we're annoying in the way that we look at our clusters. We we think they should be very so annoying. Much, very very <laughs> they should annoying. be so much faster than what they are. you know. For us, you get to like you know twelve gigabytes a second of server. You're like, ah, oh, I, I wish I could get just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we yeah, see like, two hundred yeah. microsecond latency. We're like, oh god, why is it so oh, slow? Wow, why is it so high? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so so maybe one of the one of the best examples of ease of installation and ease of management would be my ability to install this thing in 15 <laughs> minutes, right? Like, like I've, I've been removed from the technical activities as, as much as I like to fool myself in, into thinking that I'm still technical. I'm not really. 
I was able to put this thing together and tear it down and redo it over and over and over again. And, you know, with very little effort, I, I think the first time I did it, Bob, you and I had a Slack conversation that was approximately three lines long, you know? So how do you set up multiple containers? Oh, you just do it like this. Okay. Boom. Done. You know, like, really? (laughs) Like, is that, is that really my file system mounted? You know? Yep. Sure uh, is. I know. Well, yeah. uh, all right, now we got a bunch of scripts that can create multiple containers and run WECA on a single server for testing. And yeah, it, it took me about you know an hour of troubleshooting to figure it out. And now yeah. uh, other guys are now using it for testing with other partners, so we can get quick and quick and simple. You know, hey, we're gonna qualify this hardware, qualify this system, and move on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. So it's yeah. very flexible software. It's amazing. You know, um, I think that there's something that that is worth saying here about. The reason that Weka is easy to to administer, because because that's fundamental. It's like it, it's a it's a characteristic that emerges because of the completely different way that Weka handles the I/O chain, right? Like there there are no kernel drivers in the middle. We're in direct control of the NVMEs, right? There are there are no more SCSI SCSI devices. There are no more CDBs. There's no more waiting for IOs to go through the terminal and then get returned in error before before you do something differently. Like Weka is handling all of that, all of that directly. One more more thing we've noticed is that it's Hmm. not like other software. If it's running on one server, they're not talking to each other on that one server and then have to decide to go out. Everything's using the network. It's all Mm -hmm. going out, coming back in. That way, everything is equal, whether you're running on the same physical hardware, a virtual machine, or 10 or 100 servers. Every process is equal, and that, yes. that's what kind of it, it's weirdly socialist in the, in the way it runs. You know, well, it's, I, all of the systems are now yeah. cattle, appropriately yeah. cattle, instead of having a mm-hmm. you know a preferred system that's the kind of the master under the hood or something like that that's actually yeah. doing yeah. you know significantly yeah. more work than the other oh. systems are in the cluster. Hang on, I'm getting a call from the anti bovine defamation league. <laughs> uh, they, they object to our using cattle in a derogatory way. <laughs> Lemmings, is that better? I didn't know Chick-fil-A was calling us. <laughs> Were they talking about eating more chicken? Oh, I thought that was fillet. So, <laughs> Chick-fillet. <laughs> I love Chick-fillet. So, when I, got, I think when I showed up here, it was basically support was uh, Dave Hansen yeah. and like two other people. And then uh, PS was not non-existent. There was no professional services, just uh, all the SCs. We basically did everything at that point. Uh, and in the last year, this team has really changed. I mean- yeah. What you guys have built uh, in a year is, I, I don't think I've seen companies do it in, in two or three. So can you give us an idea of what your structure looks like now? Yeah, you bet. Um, so when I started a year and a half ago, the, uh, the team, anybody looking from the outside would have said, this is a really senior backline technical support team, right? We had five technical support engineers and and a team lead, which was David Hansen at that, at, at that time. Um, what became quickly apparent is that with our plans for growth and increasing the number of accounts and trying to penetrate the new markets, the enterprise customers that, that we really wanted to, to land over the next year, we had to be able to develop capabilities that they expect, right? Like they, they deal with, with other storage vendors. They have expectations based on those relationships, some of which have been you know, 25 years long for certain services. Right? They expect to get dedicated or designated resources. They expect to get a, a statement of work with a professional services contract for, for things like integrating with their monitoring systems or, or writing Ansible script for mass deployments. All of that 
that sort of stuff. So we had to quickly spin up an an organizational structure that that was capable of delivering those services that customers expect to pay for. Um, so that's what what we've done. We've we started with uh, with mission critical services, which other people would recognize as business critical services. Um, those are the the premium offerings for which you you get a name. You know, like you get you get a body with a cell phone um, <laughs> that that is your single throat to choke, right? Somebody who's gonna who knows your environment really well, who has a relationship with you, who who is gonna understand what you're trying to what you're trying to achieve, the problems you're trying to solve. You know, knows your manager, all of that kind of stuff. Um, from from mission critical services, we then brought over professional services, which was previously under the the sales engineering team, which is a perfectly reasonable way to do it. But there are some big advantages to moving that team under customer success, because under customer success, you get to leverage what you learn in the field as custom, as as you solve problems for customers and, and incorporate that learning into the development of efficiency tools, efficiency tools for customers and for internal troubleshooting use, um, and then use those tools in furtherance of helping customers do the things that they want to do. You know, like so. So when we when we talk about things like like health checks or pre-install checks or pre-upgrade checks, those things are all things that that uh, are are part of a continuous improvement cycle between the customer success engineers doing the upgrades and solving problems, the professional services team developing tools, and then the the professional services team helping customers to 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 deploy systems to to integrate with their you know with their open view or solar winds or you know whatever they're they're using to monitor the uh, the rest of their stuff um so that's mission critical services plus ps then we recognized that because we were going to grow so fast hiring a lot of people turns out to be really hard right like it's easy to get, to get them to sign on the line especially when you're like an, an exciting startup like like Weka, but then what? Right? Like, how do you get <laughs> if you're going to double the size of your uh, of your company? How do you get the next hundred people all understanding what it is to work at Weka and how the tools work and how we communicate with 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 uh, with customers and and where our targets are and you know what we ought to be pushing and where our our strengths are, all of that sort of stuff. For that, you have got to have internal enablement, and that means. Weka University, right? So we established uh, enablement, education, training, and knowledge uh, to to build out a, a new learning management system, leveraging all the existing content that that we had um, that had been developed, you know, really well uh, over over the last few years, so that so that field teams and customers and partners could could learn from from watching videos. All of that is now in in, in a new learning management system. You know, with learning paths, with quizzes, with and coming very soon, badging and certification. So that badges for badges and badges. Badges. We don't need those thinking badges. <laughs> no one knows what would happen if no one said that. The sun might not come up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. So yep. yep. So there's uh, there's that, and then, um, we we have a category of customer that everybody in this industry is familiar with that we can't talk about and can only be serviced by certain people living in certain places. That's 
Weka has such potential in that space because of the speed, because of the scale out, right? Like that's that's a huge market for us. So we needed to develop capabilities right away so that we could, you know, actually get on site and do stuff there. So we so we have that we have that as well. And then finally it turns it out going. I know it keeps going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um it turns out that you know while we were all doing our our things in technical service or technical support or customer support there was this actual thing called customer success. Like customer success is is a real thing with a definition and a workflow and and deliberate goals to uh, uh, to achieve. So, after building out all the legs, right? Like all of the underlying foundation that this organization needed to be able to deliver the services that customers expect we can finally establish a real customer success motion. And for that, we have customer success management. And for those of you who don't know, customer success, the actual customer success, um, is designed to deliver predictable outcomes and predictable value for customers based on what they expected to get when they bought whatever product it is and to make renewals a no-brainer. Right, it's a continuous conversation that happens with customers to make sure that they're getting what they need, and that they're going to keep on getting what they need, and that they're going to keep on buying. So basically, it's it's a, it is relationship management with the intent to increasingly add value. And those are our now technical account whole, managers, right? Those are customer success managers. Uh, oh, it's yeah. different. It is different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Technical account managers are are the technical liaisons between Weka and customer. The designated or dedicated people, the the single throat to choke, the you know, the 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 storage admin at Bloody Blah Company has got this, you know, as number one speed dial on their on their phone. That's technical account manager. Customer success manager has a much larger number of accounts with whom they have a much less technical conversation that's that's oriented around so when when we first talked to you before you bought Weka you were trying to solve these problems and you wanted to do these things now that you bought Weka and the and it's installed and and you're running how are we doing on these things right like are you able to do x y z if not oh my gosh let's engage whoever i need to engage so that so that you really are getting the value that that you expected to get and, that's and that follow up. Oh man, it, like that's that's really it's it's kind of surprising that it took as long as it did for somebody to recognize that that you could wrap a workflow around that, like a del- a deliberate workflow with metrics and KPIs and and predictable outcomes. But it did, and now it exists, and now Weka has it too. Nice, that's awesome. I, I it's been fantastic watching the team grow, and then. I know uh, there's a little other offshoot of your team with the Vince and, and his group that's building tools for people. I know we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yep. They've built some amazing pieces of uh, software that we, we're using in the field. And, I, I, you know, how is that resonating with customers? Are they enjoying it? Is that something that we want to continue growing? Where, Absolutely. Where do you go? Okay. Yeah. So so there, there, there are two things happening there. Um, one is that customers really love being able to come to a company like like ours for whom or from whom they're they're getting core services like core data services mm-hmm. and then ask for integration of those core services with other ancillary stuff right like most almost all big 
enterprises like the banks, the governments, um, telcos, things like that, right? They they have thousands or tens of thousands of of devices in in heterogeneous environments with multiple vendors, all being managed by as a, a, a relatively inexpensive workforce who needs to be able to look at a message and take action based on on the message right and and the more that you can aggregate that information and standardize on the vocabulary on the vocabulary that is used to, to describe a problem and present a solution the the more efficiently these companies can operate so coming to weka and saying listen i need to take the information that comes from your systems and in and aggregate that with the information from other systems so that it can be presented to my maintenance team in a way that allows them to solve problems easily. They absolutely love it. And there's a second, the second half of this is that um, what we learn by developing these tools becomes the next iteration or the next after the next iteration of Weka core product features, right? So as we get, you know, uh, more, more uh, distribution or monitoring or integration tools developed. We evaluate those tools for for the their their applicability in certain markets or by certain customers, and then determine how to prioritize the inclusion of those tools with the Weka core uh, core product. So it all becomes a continuous improvement cycle with direct feedback from from customer from customers as they used as they use the product. And nothing beats that, right? Like development in a vacuum is <laughs> valueless development. So like True. like I talked about at the very beginning or almost at, at the very beginning, Weka is extremely customer reactive. Like we were in a continuous dialogue with our customers about what they're trying to do and how we can improve the product all the time uh, to, uh, to deliver that. Yeah, I was just thinking about um, the, you know the installation tools that we've been working with in the field and the stuff that's delivered for us internally have been really easy. But I can imagine the integration parts because I I know um, Vince built that Grafana interface mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, and then he's taken that learning from the stats and everything else to be able to fill into the SNMP or other yeah. kind of uh, um, tools for people to be able to monitor simply from a central location. So it's kind of nice to see that our team has really built and gelled and kind of started becoming more operationalized, right? Because mm -hmm. we've been we've been kind of a little niche in the beginning and we've become a lot more central to people's IT organizations. And I was I'm nice it's nice to see we've evolved as that's happened. Yeah. 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 It's it's natural to be niche and, and it's probably healthy to be niche in that early development. Um because you need an environment in which you can control the scope creep of mm -hmm. feature development okay. in order to maximize, you know, like, especially in storage, maximize resilience, maximize redundancy, right? Like those things, the, the, the product has to be bulletproof, right? You can never, ever, ever lose data. So operating in, in the niche environment where you're focusing on that continuous improvement in reliability and, and resiliency allows you to then have a super solid foundation on which you can start adding the the features that 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 all customers want eventually right like snapshot management like like uh, object tiering like you know all of all of the other stuff that 
that is now coming like the like et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, well, you yeah. said resiliency. And one of the things I just, uh, I, I, a couple weeks ago, we had that uh, switch go down on a customer, right? Mm-hmm. And that took out an entire 28 hosts in the cluster. And it's, a, it's a fairly sizable cluster. It's about 90 servers. So, and it took out 28 of them. And so the cluster did what it's supposed to do. It stopped. And uh, once we get that switch back up and running and those hosts up and running, yeah. the cluster just start. Uh, we, it saw it go from zero to 300 gigabytes a second in a couple of seconds. Because <laughs> yeah. all the clients were just waiting. It was yep. unbelievable. Waiting to roll. So it's a, yeah, the guys did a fantastic job with res- resiliency. I've seen it oh, yeah. time oh, and yeah. time again, you know, when it's mostly, well, you know, Josh and I's mantra is it's always a network. Always a network. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, or, or other hardware problems that usually end up taking us down for a while, but it's fascinating to see how well we've done in software to keep this stuff going. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, the network is is the computer. That's what they said. So it's got to be the network. Way back in the day. Way back in the day. Back when we had one, <laughs> what, is it a hundred, hundred megabit? Uh-huh. Oh, no. man. That was fancy. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, no, that's that's fast Ethernet. What are you talking about? Just go back, go back <laughs> right? to regular Ethernet. Oh, this is oh, 100 gosh. meg. No, no, no. Yep. 10. Yeah. 10. Yep. Th- thin net. There we go. Thin net. Okay. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was Half running thick net with vampire taps. Ooh. Yes, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Back in the day. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to tell us, Dave? I mean, you know, what's your favorite, you know, vacation spot? You know, what do you like to do? Favorite beverage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you you're actually out in Arizona, and your yes. team spans the yeah. globe. I mean, I know we got guys in Israel, UK, uh, uh, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing people on online in more and more time zones. It feels like every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I was a big part, a big, big involved with that uh, the, the rollout of our learning center. So it was uh, kind of nice to see that process go along from yep. what we had before, which was just a here's a folder with a bunch of videos. Go watch them. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. To uh, somebody putting them into an order, to now actually having actual tracks that people can go down and, and learn things and not have to overlap a bunch of things like we we did in the beginning. Josh and I probably watched the same fourteen videos like forty oh, times. Oh man, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you are right on that. Like the the organization of content is absolutely critical to getting people the information they need to do whatever it is that they're supposed to do. And, and the inefficiency that comes from not having organized content just compounds as, as the content builds and as the years go on and as stuff ages and new features come along, old features are obsolete, old versions are obsolete, right? Like we have all been places that did not have a content management strategy and, and it was, you know, not only impossible to find what you were looking for. And so you had to, you had to go ask you know, people to, to help, to help you all the time, which is, you know, generally a good thing, but you shouldn't have to do that for the things that are just like basic that everybody has already solved five times. So, and if you don't want to solve those problems, WECA can store one point, how many trillion files, Josh? 6.4 trillion. (laughs) 6.4 trillion. trillion In a single file system. You need more create a second file system there you go yeah so so if you don't want to delete anything give us a call yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but cool um cool. so yeah. th- anything else you want to discuss dave before you let you go get you well, back to uh, getting yelled at by somebody or you know talking to somebody i, I was going to talk about the content management strategy for another 38 minutes i'm sure you but, could yeah 
but we I can, we'll but file I, that for a time later. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> we, guys. we could do another another late night podcast. Oh one yeah. That will oh, that, that's a great one. Really, with our favorite really beverage. help people be restful. <laughs> it be full you know. ASMR content management. We'll have right. rustling papers in the background. Squeaky, 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 squeaky. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> the nails on the chalkboard have started. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate okay, your time. Absolutely. It's been fantastic. Thanks for helping support us. Yep. For clustered conversations, I'm Josh. And I'm Bob. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for Take joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye.